sometimes they did go and train with the boys. Did you ever get involved with that? Is that just like looking good in media? Potentially, potentially, yeah. I had uh, Chelsea and Man City wanting my signature. I never regret any decision I make in football and going to Man City was the best ever decision I, I've made in terms of my career. But Chelsea won the league that year. So I just was about to like get a house with Lucy Bronze and Demi Stokes, getting all the paperwork through. The day after I get a call from my agent, um, Liverpool, uh, City have accepted Liverpool's offer. Oh, what's going on, people? It's Kane here, and I'm at Soup Studios in the park. Here on Soup Studios, we have a state-of-the-art soundproof studio equipped with four dynamic microphones, a mixing desk, and a camera mixing desk so you can record anyone, anywhere. There are lights that can be reflected onto this wall and can be changed to any colour you would like with this blank canvas. Of course, as well, you can bring your own props or banners to address it a completely different way. Whatever works for you. We were just talking about him. <laughs> I think you're going to enjoy this one. Obviously, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to ruin either ending. Here's the endings for you. Yeah. <laughs> Make a pod a home. Welcome to episode five of This Girl Can Play. Before we get on to our amazing guest today, Lily Jones, first a podcast with us. How are you feeling? Looking forward to it? Yeah, really excited to get involved and hopefully have a good chat with Tash today. Yeah, Exciting. what a guest to start off with. I know, unbelievable to get someone like Tash on, on the show for us today and hopefully we'll get a bit of an insight into a, what a proper career in a women's game looks like. There we go. Well, without further ado, Tash, welcome to the podcast, This Girl, this girl Can Play. Thanks for making the journey up to see us today. How are you feeling? Tired. No, um, <laughs> no great. It's, it's great to be on here with such a, an incredible, you know, cause that you guys are doing this for um, and yeah like, like Lil said to potentially share some light on some sort of a career that I've had yeah it's been some career <laughs> it's been right so let's go right back to the start like we always do Tash just give us all, our listeners an insight into where it started for you you know again we always say why football I'm guessing when you started off there wasn't many girls teams about but where, where did your journey start um, yeah so I was first girl um, in our family I had all boy cousins and they all obviously played football and rugby um football was probably the second choice sport where we lived um and yeah I think being probably misdiagnosed with not with having ADHD um they probably thought I was just a pain in the bum to be honest <laughs> um so yeah no I just followed my cousins wherever they went and you know we played rugby and football from the age of five um joined a boys team Bargood YMCA and yeah, I played there until I, from five until I was twelve years old. I think that's been the case with most of our guests, hasn't it? That uh, playing with the boys has always been the first first protocol. Is you is that the same with yourself? And you played all the way through to twelve. There's no girls teams at all around. No, they, from what I remember, no. The only the only girls team I played for at that time was what it is now is like the Welsh regional. So it would have been at the time it was Wales under fourteen. So. I that was my first encounter with Jess Fishlock. So I played with Jess yeah, yeah. from at the age of twelve and played with Gwen and Harris, obviously that does commentary now. So um yeah, that was my first exposure to, to women's football really. Um and the quality was amazing. Um but I was twelve years old playing for the under fourteens. Um just because I think when I played with boys for so long, the physicality and I wasn't really scared if no. they were older than me. So that was my first exposure to women's football. Was it a part of you when was that about 12, 14 when you thought that you've got something here? Um, no, not really. Like I knew I was good, but <laughs> um, 
No, like, to be fair, I remember coming back after the Wales camp and, you know, my manager says to me, you can know, I was about to pay my pound going into reception. <laughs> and they said, Tash, you can't be here anymore. And, that, you know, I, I remember that vividly. Like, and I just remember, you know, crying and running to my mum's car before she drove off because she used to just drop me off. Um, and they just said, like, you can't be here anymore. So then that was it. That was literally, it. I got back from Wales and just cut throat straight away. And I had to then try and find, like, a girls' football team around the area. Would you say it was beneficial playing with the lads? Um, would you encourage young girls now to, you know, join a lads' team rather than a girls' team? Or do you think times have changed? Um yeah, I definitely think it helps. I think my generation of footballers, I think even now in the WSL, you can see the girls that have played with boys just from like a technical and a physical point of view. I think, you know, I want to increase participation of girls football, but I do think there's a massive benefit in also trying to stay within boys football as much as you can um, until however long you can until they say you can't. So I know a lot of the girls in grassroots down south that I coach she plays for the girls team like at county and district level, but then plays a club football for a boys team. So, um, yeah, I want to increase the participation in women's sport. But for me, I think there's so many more benefits to playing within boys football as much as you can. We, we did touch on that because I think there's girls getting picked up now at six, eight, ten at United, Liverpool, especially from where we are, who probably never played with boys. So you say now you can't tell the difference if maybe they have played with girls or boys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just from a technical perspective as well, I think when, you know, if I remember, um, you look at Lauren James, for instance. Yeah. So she played for Arsenal Boys Academy from the age of eight <laughs> until she was 15 years old. And you can see that, can't you? And now she's yeah. an unbelievable player. So she was yeah. the only girl to be in the Arsenal Boys Academy. And, that, you know, she... People will say, and you know, those that know her or watch women's football that have played football would say, like, she plays like a boy. Like, yeah, and yeah. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just mean in, like, you know, she's head and shoulders above some of her counterparts, I think. Yeah. So, with that said, then, so with the mass participation we are getting now, and we've mentioned before that we go down to watch our daughters play, that's another mm-hmm. massive reason we set up the podcast was the fact that we've got no idea how to navigate, navigate the, the world of women's football. With the, with the mass participation, could you? Do you predict the change in the WSL and how the standard, or how, not the standard, but how the style of play will change once these girls now progress up, the ones that have been with girls from day dot? Do you think there'll be a change in the WSL style? I'm not sure, not, not so much in terms of like overall style. I just think you'll probably see a different breed of football players. You know, it might be a bit more athletic, um, less probably physical. Um, and yeah, I just think, you know, the game is ever growing. You know, you look at the men's team, yeah. you know, that's pretty physical as well and and very athletic. I think that's changed over the years. And I think that's what probably the Super League will do. Um, but those that have played with boys are probably the latter stages of mm-hmm. career. You know, like you know, one of my mates, Rach Daly, she's played with boys and she's one of that age group now that are probably towards the latter stages yeah. and probably one of those age groups that are probably coming to an end now of playing with boys. So like Ella Toon's always played with girls football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, she's a very good football player. But, you know, if you take her and Lauren James, who play similar positions in the number 10, they both have very different attributes. Yeah, and yeah. one's very a lot more technical and yeah. 
and physical than the other, I think. Okay, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. We've, we've, we've commented before and there will yeah. be sort of a, that dynamic change, won't there, in the, yeah. in the women's style. So to go back to your, your clubs then, that's your, your early days then. So you mentioned then you went to Wales, you come back, bang, stop, you can't go there. So what was the, what was the route then? Where did that look like? What did that look like? Um, so I remember my dad took me down to Caerphilly Castle um, and 19s, I think at the time, or under 16. So I would have been 12, 13, playing with under 16 year olds and, you know, did the training session and I got in the car and I just said to my dad, like, girls can't play football. Really? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's mad to think now, like, you know, been a professional within women's football and all this. And, but yeah, I stopped playing club football um, from the age of 12 until I was 16. You stopped altogether? Yeah. So I just played for my school. And that's why I'll always be thankful for my teachers. Um, one of my teachers, Mr. Wilding or Tony Wilding, I still speak to him now. He never missed a Wales game at home to come and watch me. And he made a girls' football team purely because he knew I was talented at it. Um, so, yeah. Just played school we, football. We were touching on the schools a little bit, weren't we? About do the schools do enough for girls football? But now you're saying you had a lot of really, really good experience with the school. Yeah, if it wasn't for my teacher making a girls football team, I probably would have done a different sport. So my teachers knew I, don't get me wrong, I wasn't naughty. Um, I was just really cheeky. So I would try and push the boundaries just with a, a, a cheeky smile at the end of it so I could get away with something. <laughs> but they put me into every single sport that they could think of. And I was one of those annoying people that would just piss you off and just <laughs> be good at everything. And yeah, I'm not ashamed yeah. to say, because, you know, I, I really was, if he didn't put that girls football team going, I think I would have gone into like athletics or something else. Did you play for girls team in your school? No, we, we never had a girls team. Um, I think I played with the lads, you know, through mm. primary school. And then, um, High school was a bit of a weird one because um, I was obviously playing at, at an RTC with, with Everton. Um, they tended to, RTC clubs tend to say don't play with, with your school team, yeah. which I'm not a big fan of really. No. Um, but no, there was no girls team in, in high school anyway. Um, but I think that's definitely changing now. And I think we can see in you, you know, like the influence of teachers and, and them wanting yeah. to get involved with your career is so important to the growth of a player, isn't it? Yeah. I, I still think there's I I personally still think there's a massive battle on the answer schools. I, I still do. think I don't think we're anywhere near it. Yet. No, I don't. I don't. You know, if you look at our local schools as part of the PE curriculum, they say that boys have to wear shin pads for football, but in the girls' PE section there's no mention of shin pads at no. all for football. So it's I think it's very much still yeah. archaic as girls netball, boys football. Boys football yeah. But I'm really interested. So you didn't play at all from the age of twelve to sixteen. So no weekends you were out playing because no. you just you didn't? No, so I just did, after school, I did athletics instead or um, did hockey or netball. And So I played hockey for South Wales, um, did um, athletics over Wales in the GB schools for different events. So that took up a lot of my time, especially in the summer. Um, I still played with my mates outside of, you know, my uh, my nickname was Giggsy to all my friends in the street. <laughs> um, I think it's just because I had curtains and... and <laughs> um, Welsh really that was probably the easiest one to give but yeah no I just yeah just played in school really So when you get back involved with a, with a club and they say well they've got Tasha who's looking to play football at a decent level where's she been playing? Yes. Nowhere she hasn't been playing <laughs> um, Yeah but basically um, so Gwen and Harris's sister are Sharton she looks very similar to, to Gwen and like you'd think that they're twins yeah. and I remember she came on teacher placement and I was looking at her thinking she looks so familiar so one day I just said to her, 
are you Gwen and Harris's sister? She said, yeah. I was like, okay, this is meant to be. <laughs> and then we had Kath Morgan, who played for Wales over 50 times. Um, she came and taught at our school. So I had these two influential people that I knew had connections. Um, and basically Gwen invited me down to come and train with Cardiff when I was 16. 16, so you back to you. Back to your dad, right? Oh, my dad, listen. We've got, we got a club on board here, but we're, we're picking up Well, it was, again. it was considered as a trial. Like I, I wasn't yeah. expecting anything, but I knew I was good enough. And, you know, I was saying so really before, even if you're not confident, you're going to pretend that you are. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I remember, that, you know, at the time there was, um, Jasper Shocker just left to go to Bristol. Um, Lauren Dykes was still there. Gwen and left to go to Bristol. Um, but then you had the likes of myself, Sophie Ingle, Lauren Dykes. Um, Laura O'Sullivan came along a couple of years later, who was obviously goalkeeper for Wales. Um, and yeah, me and Sophie Ingle got put in the reserves. What league were Cardiff City playing in then? We were in different... we were in the Premier League, so we were still okay. playing against the likes of like Chelsea, Arsenal, um, Sunderland. When like Jill Scott was there, Lucy Bronze was there, Demi Stokes, Steph um, played against Leeds when you know like Sue Smith was there. Um, Rach Daly was there um, and then Chelsea who had like Casey Stoney Arsenal had Jane Ludlow so it was a qu- it was a quality league then yeah really. it was still like you know they tra- only transitioned to the WSL two years after that yeah um, but yeah I remember we were playing against Sunderland to stay in the league and Jill Scott I just remember her thinking god she's so tall this girl <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just like what um, and yeah, no, and I remember scoring for Cardiff against Arsenal against Everton. We lost like seven one. Still, um, but like I all. just remember just like just being absolutely because I admired these girls. I used to watch them on the TV, um, on the FA Cup especially on the final. Um, and yeah, I just remember being like, wow, like I've just scored against this top goalkeeper, and no one knew who we were. Like we, we didn't have any big names, and myself and Sophie and go in and out of the reserves and the first team at the time. Um, which probably looking back was they probably kicking themselves they didn't put us in a bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was that were you, were you that across this program, your pro then or semi pro? No, 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 any. I was paying 120 subs to to play for them, um, and then paying for kit, no, which was no. 110. So and that's that's, that's <laughs> prem. That's prem football. How yeah. many years ago? Um, that would have been like between 2006 to 2009, 10. It's not even long ago. No. So the WSL started in 2010. So, yeah, so I was there for about three, four years. So, yeah, about 2005, 2010, maybe. So you're you're playing Arsenal, um, Sunderland against Jill Scott, Lucy Bronze, all that jazz, and you're paying subs and you're paying for your kit. Yeah, but I think a lot of the girls were at the time. You know, Chelsea women, they were getting, obviously, the academy kit from the year before. So, you know, like, they they weren't getting paid. Arsenal were the only team getting paid. It's, it's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. How far it's come already, yeah. you know, the difference between, you must, you must well, you must see it more than anyone because you were in there, you were in, in mental into... I just wish I was 24, not 34. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So Cardiff then, yeah, a yeah, year, year or two there, and then when did you go after that? What was the, what was the next move for Tash? Um, so I got poached by Bristol um, the year before, um, but I got made captain at Cardiff and I just thought, you know, I, I felt quite loyal to them. They gave me my shot um, and I said, look, I'll stay for another season. Um, managed to get promoted back to the Premier League at the time. Um, and then the year after, um, 
I just, yeah, just had a disagreement with the coaches and just left. And Mark Sampson, I was playing five-a-side with Mark Sampson's brother, Craig Sampson. And I'll always be so thankful to him. We played five-a-side and he rang his brother after the five-a-side and said, you need to sign this girl, Tasha Arden. And he, and he rang me uh, just before Christmas and he said, I want to c- come and have a trial for Bristol. So th- this was newly WSL now, yeah. so full-time, yeah. semi-pro kind of full-time. Mm-hmm. He said, come and have some trials with us in January. And I said, all right. And again, I wasn't expecting anything. Um, did okay in the trial. Um, I think again he quite liked my personality as well. He used to call me a diamond in the rough. Um, <laughs> and yeah, signed a contract, which looking back now is like peanuts. But I just loved every minute and every bit of pound that I could get from them. So yeah, loved it. Best decision I ever made. I think there's a lot about you know managers keeping players in the squad for character, isn't there? You know, yeah. We, we always used to get told you know talent gets you through the door, but character keeps you in the room. I think it's yeah, really yeah. important yeah. for girls to appreciate that somehow isn't it yeah and like you know I was named vice captain at Wales you know from Jane Ludlow and Gemma Granger and then I was captain at Reading for five years so I must have had something yeah. about me so if you mentioned a couple of times then trials and trials Cardiff trials of Bristol we've got any young gears listening now we're starting off with sort of 12 13 like our daughters if they go into a trial phase or a trial trial of any club what advice would Tash Harding give give to them I don't think for me going for that trial I never had anything to lose like I always think if I'm unsuccessful then I'll have another opportunity or I'll create another opportunity so you know I've been around loads of of girl footballers that have had trials and not got in but I think that's quite a short term speed bump Um, I don't think it defines you as a player just because you haven't got in you might not have just been that flavour of the month by that coach and you know within different grassroots that the dads seem to be the coaches and have a say in a lot of things. But um, for me, I just think I would just continue to try and try and try. And, you know, I was in the reserves at Cardiff and I made sure that I played amazing every single week because they could not notice me anymore. You made sure your parent, your, your, the way you play football was, was going to be noticed because you were yeah, reference. Yeah, me playing in the reserves doesn't define how good I am. It just, my time just wasn't then. Really, so. good, really good bit of advice, hasn't it? Yeah, really good, yeah. But just don't give up. Yeah. Mm. Don't give up. Yeah, just don't let a negative define you as a yeah. player. I think, you know, every player probably has a moment where they understand and know their worth. Um, so I think then, you know, if you end successful in your first trial, for me, I'd ask for feedback and say, okay, what can I do now to get into the next one? And that's what I used to do with Cardiff. I used to say, okay, what do I need to do now? score a goal next week. Okay, scored a goal. Now what do I need to do? So I became an annoyance for everyone. So you'd be I've... a player knocking on the door asking... Every time. Why aren't I playing? Not... No, what, when, am I getting, when am I getting my call up to the first team? Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't put it in there without <laughs> yeah, yeah. that many words, but I, I would just say, like, what can I do to be, like, the best version of myself? You need to give me feedback. If you don't yeah. give me feedback, there's obviously something different that you're not picking me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just about, you know, for me, just failure. I love that. Because I learn from that. Players like that are rare as well, aren't they? You know, you, you don't go to many clubs where, where players are knocking on the door asking for feedback. You know, it's, it's a ballsy thing to do, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Should be encouraged more, I think, as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I've known you for, I've been chatting for a week or so, I've getting this podcast now, Tasha, and I bet you could knock a few doors as well if you wanted to. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. yeah. You'll be trying to ask for that, would you? No, no <laughs> way. What's the worst they're going to say? No. All yeah, right, no, no problem. Yeah, I'll yeah. go and ask the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so you've gone career wise, then. So we've gone to, to Bristol. How was that pan out? Was that. 
Good move. Yeah, I loved it. Loved um, it. How how I was on uh, two and a half years, I think. Um, loved it. I was on thirty-five pound a week, thirty-five pound a point. Um, in the first season, loved it. Um, scored quite a few important goals. Um, and then the second year, we actually got second in the league to Liverpool, and we got Champions League football. Um, and that's when I think, for me, confidence in my ability started to really grow because I started to get offers from, you know, Arsenal, Chelsea. Um, and again, like for me, I wanted to stay loyal to the people that gave me my opportunity. So because we had got Champions League football, I wanted to stay at Bristol yeah. to play Champions League football, which I'm so thankful that I did. And, you know, some of the best memories I've ever got in football are because of Bristol and the Champions League. Um, so, yeah, saying confidently saying no to Arsenal and Chelsea I don't think many yeah. people would have but I believed in my ability and I knew I'd get another chance at you know someone coming in for me I know you, you can't answer directly in numbers right but I'm interested so you so at Bristol you were £35 a game a week out of £35 a point did you get down to numbers at Arsenal Chelsea with a big a massive financial move for yourself or yeah but again I didn't at the time I didn't see it like for me money wasn't the motivation no. at that time obviously as I got older in my career yeah, I played football a lot of clubs for money. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember then when we got Champions League because they knew I was playing really well. They, I said to me, "Look, we want to give you an increased offer," and I said, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> um, and they said, "Yep, we were signing you on." Give us some numbers, Dash. Eight grand. Yeah. Eight grand a year. And at the time, I thought I was like, "This Brilliant. is amazing!" Like I'm buzzing. <laughs> but I was working as well. Oh right, okay. So I was in university as well. So I was at Cardiff Met Uni. Yeah. Um, and and travelling to Bristol. Yeah, but it was a couple of us that was there at the time. So we were just all going over together. Um, and then, so we couldn't always, we could never go out on a Wednesday after uni games, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, and then they just said like eight grand a year, um, living in the house. And then I got a job as a teaching assistant at a yeah. special needs school in Bristol, which I loved. Yeah. Um, so I was making up, you know, a lot of money compared to some of the girls that were there. So that's fine, top, yeah. On top of that as well. And then so, that's, you know, it gives, it gives a real reflection yeah. on numbers, doesn't it, as well? We're t- you know, we're talking a big step, but even comparison to the, to the men's game, men's. even then you're still not talking eight grand a year. No, that was 2011. 2011. Well, still, a, you're talking elite level women's football yeah. for 2011. You look, you're looking one of the top players in the league offered eight grand a year. It's interesting, isn't it? The academy players and boys are getting that weekly, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I say academy 23s, yeah. 21s, 23s. So then Bristol End, you moved away? Mm-hmm. Where, where, where did Tash go? As in moved house? No, as in moved clubs. Oh, oh obviously we played, so we played Champions League first because yeah. I was, when the Super League first started, it was like a summer league. So we'd start in the March yeah. and end in like the September, October. Um, so we had Champions League and we played um, Barcelona um, <laughs> in the last 16. Just drop it in, Tash. Just drop yeah. it in there, yeah. um, And honestly, it was like one of the best memories that I'll ever have in, in football. Um, and and that year was just amazing. We were all on a high. We got to the FA Cup final um, against Arsenal. We lost on the day 3-0, but to just even get there was yeah. just like amazing. Where was, the, where was the final held? Um, Doncaster Rovers, it, yeah. yeah. So... Um, not even at Wembley, no, yeah. At it Wembley, wasn't no. at the time, yeah. No. Wembley was a too far of a reach for women's football at that point. 
Um, and then, yeah, we played Barcelona. Like, no one wanted them. Um, so we played them in the mini new camp, like next to the yeah, new yeah. camp. And these, it was like 10, 12,000 people there. Really? And we were all just like, what the hell? Like, just like, this is just mad. <laughs> Biggest crowd you played in front of at the time, was it? Nah. No? Nah, for Wales it was. Was it, yeah? Yeah. Um, but in terms of club football, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just said, look, we need to just get a result here. Yeah. Like, just def- we literally just defended for 90 minutes away from home. And at the time, away goals counted. Okay. Um, and I remember I was I got the ball, someone pinged the ball over. So I was playing on the right wing at the time, pinged the ball over. I've just knocked it past someone and I've just crossed the ball without even thinking, just thought, if I hit it in an area, something's going to happen. And it was along the floor. I probably couldn't do that cross again if I tried. <laughs> and hits a defender and goes in. Yeah, so I'm obviously celebrating yeah, like down, I meant yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah. Of course <laughs> I, I didn't get an assist bonus at the time. No. Um, and yeah, and then we had to play them then a week later and we played at Ashton Gate um, at Bristol. Um, and again, the crowd was just amazing. Like nearly like 10, 11,000 people there. Um, and again, we just defended for like 80 something minutes. Literally just everyone behind the ball, they were just playing like the men's played. Like you could just Thanks. tell, like, yeah. Chasing shadows. I don't think the goalkeeper touched it. I think she must have touched it once or twice. And we had Mary Earps in goal and she was on fire that night. Literally could like nothing, nothing could just get past her. She was like tipping it onto the bar, like double save, like unbelievable. And I thought, so we, we got a throw in on the right hand side and the throw comes in and I go, and in my head, I'm thinking, this is my opportunity here to get something, to ch- make a difference. And I get close to the girl. As I hold her, as I turn, I just, in my head, I'm going, just go down. And as I've gone down, I've tripped her, but like, look, made it look like I've been tripped. <laughs> penalty. Oh. So we got a penalty um, and we beat them 2 1. Oh, over two legs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's class. Yeah. And then I left, like, for me then, like, that's when I, like, made decisions on what yeah, I wanted. Yeah. And uh, for me, that was, like, a good moment to leave Bristol on such a high. Probably the best moment you'd get to leave, really. Yeah, like, for me, like, playing Barcelona, like, you know, I became friends with um, Sandra Panos that was, like, the Spain number one, Barcelona number one, just because she respected how I went about my game over them two games and, you know, be mates on Twitter for so long. And, yeah, and she just came up to me at the end of the game and just, like, you know, you played amazing. You were the difference. Like so, again, like for me, like I was already confident in my ability, and I knew I had something. And then to have that reassurance, I think for me, I was just like, yeah, like yeah. I could go on here now. Just, just being cemented by by mm-hmm. your peers. Yeah, you, like, Barcelona telling yeah. you, you, yeah, really well. What a story that is, by the way. That's a decent one. That's right. <laughs> no, yeah. no chance taking the penalty. Um, no, this girl, Nikki Watts, was on it. I was dying Beaming. to go. And I remember the goalkeeper coach, John Granville. So he was like, John played for international football for like um, for Trinidad and Tobago. He's like massive over there. He's played Premier League football. Um, and he came up to me after the game. He said, you should have taken the penalty. I was like, yeah, you know, John. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheers, man. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, after, uh, after Bristol, uh, what, what was the move to? Uh, Man City. Man City. Big move. Yeah, so... I. Again, like, you know, over Christmas period, I was, um, it was quite quiet because, again, we were still playing Summer League. And then it came to, we were on camp at end of February with Wales. And I had uh, Chelsea and Man City wanting my signature. And 
I never regret any decision I make in football and going to Man City was the best ever decision I, I've made in terms of my career. Um, but Chelsea won the league that year. <laughs> Did yeah. you go there because more of the, as a supporter? No, I, I went there just because of what they were building. So yeah. like, you know, the the car, the the City Academy, um, the buildings that they've got, the women's stadium yeah, that yeah. they've now got. Um, the just, they were putting yeah, in. and I think they saw women's football on a parallel of of their males counterparts, and yeah. that, and for me, that's where I was, I was like, well, I want to be treated like them. Yeah. Um. And yeah, loved it. Loved living in the city. Um. I still have friends there now that play there now, and I go back to do some media work with them as well. Still, and yeah, loved it. Just being a part of like what women's football should look like in a few yeah, years, yeah, yeah, yeah. like. For me, I was like, yeah, I was, uh, and we finished second in the league, and the highest that they've ever finished. They got Champions League football, um, semi final of the cup, in two cups. So yeah, it was a, an amazing and played with amazing players, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good season all round, then. It's yeah, a decent season, second. Yeah, league, but, but yours just didn't finish with that medal. Yeah, not not a regret, but that slight. Like, yeah, but, yeah, but for me, I saw like what the bigger picture was. Yeah, yeah, and you know, playing with, like, even I was playing like Kira Walsh was a kid when she was there. Yeah. She was like 16, I've seen 17. Them yeah, she looks really young. Yeah. <laughs> Demi Stokes, Lucy Bronze, Tony Duggan, Steph Horton, Jill Scott, Jen Beatty, Karen Bardsley. And I think growing up, like for me as well, that was the team that every girl kind of looked at, you know, yeah. like, especially for me with, with you playing there and playing for Wales. Like, at the time, I just want to be Tasha Hardy. No, but do you know what I mean? Like, that was the, the city team that kind of young girls would look at, you know, you'd look at that city team and then. You were watching the lads as well, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't a bad move. And that's really, what I mean. It? Like I wanted to be part of that, and you know, to be a Welsh international from a small town in in South Wales to play for Man City was like that's yeah, what I wanted. Yeah. That was the big picture that I saw was to just have like like an imprint on something else. Yeah, you know? Yeah. That's again another amazing story, isn't it? Well. Some unbelievable names on that team sheet as well, isn't it? <laughs> Honestly, that's why when we pick these set, the seven aside, honestly, it's going to be so difficult. You have to do two teams. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that was our, our guest wish list, wasn't it? Our teams just read out there. Well, the our guest we have on list, yeah. yeah, we wish. <laughs> so then, so City then season there. But again, we'll, we'll get through the club and then we'll go on to Cincinnati. I know it's really important to yourself. The yeah, that's out right. Here. So uh, club wise, what was the move after City? Yeah, so then Liverpool came in for me, um, and I remember like this is where we talk about where the women's game started to shift. Yeah. Um I was with my partner, we were in Cardiff, um, got a call. So I just was about to like get a house with Lucy Bronze and Demi Stokes. We were about just chatting about it, getting all the paperwork through. The day after I get a call from my agent, um, Liverpool uh, City have accepted Liverpool's offer. I was like, What? I was like, I literally just about to sign for a house. Yeah. Like, yeah, they've accepted, you can talk to them. So in my head then I just thought, you know what? If you if you're saying I can Again, you know, this guy was a bad agent. Like, we'll come into football, <laughs> but I think in women's football, there's such a, I don't know, it's such a pool of bad agents and people influence you negatively. But for me, it was a learning experience because I knew then that's, like, I needed someone to help and guide me differently mm -hmm. to what this one was. Mm -hmm. Which, again, like, you know, I take try and take every experience that I can as best okay. I can. Um, so I saw it as, like, do you know what? You don't. You want me to talk to them, so that means you don't want me to stay. Yeah. When he should have been telling me, like, no, like talk to them, but they want you to, like, but it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Would, um, there, would there have been money involved, or just? He would have got money. Yeah. 
So would the, would the Liverpool play paid Man City? I'm not. I don't really know the ins and outs of it because no. um, you kind of like don't get told too much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he were also got money out of that move as well. So for him, it was an incentive. Incentive for you to for you to move on as a player. He gets he he, he his paycheck. Yeah. yeah. But that might not. But that probably not the best thing for Tasha to do is to move. No. On. Yeah. He was he was thinking of his own bank balance. But again, it? like I think you know, in women's football, he probably saw an opportunity. Yeah. And that yeah. was his opportunity, which again, like I, I don't begrudge him for that because at the end of the day, everyone has to take an opportunity somewhere. But I think if I had a better agent at the time, that probably wouldn't have happened. Um, and yeah, ended up going to Liverpool. Um, and yeah, loved loved the city. Um, and I played again with some amazing <laughs> people. Like how we didn't win or get anything in that in with that team, I'll never know. It was a couple. Who, who was it? Who um, was so Sophie Ingle, um, Siobhan Chamberlain, Gem, Gemma Bonner, Shanice van der Sanden, Katie Zellum, Alex Greenwood, <laughs> uh, Beth yeah. England, Laura Coombs, Caroline Weir. <laughs> I played with Leon Piffle on Sunday. <laughs> that, that's enough. That, that is enough. Uh, but, like, when you name, when I say the names out loud, I just look back and I think, how didn't we win anything? No, that's a phenomenal team, isn't it? Yeah, it's quality. Yeah. You'd fit right quality. in there, wouldn't you, Lil? <laughs> Don't big me up, Andy. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that was again though. But and we talk about disparity in women's football. Like for me, being at a club like City, where women's football was a part, like even Rex, like you know Rex. I mean, like you kind of seeing the benefits of, you know, they're trying to make them sing, yeah. like from the same yeah. song sheet and. Yeah. Going to Liverpool, as much as the, we had an amazing team, the facility that we were playing at and training at, which was a Widnes Rugby League ground, just wasn't good enough. So then coming from like a place where like women's football was really looked after and put on yeah. a pedestal, to then go in here and you're thinking, we were training at Edge Hill University. Yeah. And we were thinking, some of these, and I'm like, this t- if we had the facilities to match the players that we've got in the squad, I'm honestly... Hundred percent sure we would have won something. You train her on rugby pitch. Yeah, we spoke to Han- when we had Hannah Kelly Acopolis on. She did say when she was at Liverpool that Brendan Rodgers did try and install a little bit of togetherness, and sometimes they did go and train with the boys. Did you ever get involved with that? Is that just like looking good in media? Potentially, potentially, yeah. That's it was, my good it, point. It was only for a day, wasn't it? Yeah, one day, and they had, yeah. they had dinner with them. Cameras were there. And there is a lot of that, isn't there? Yeah, you know, yeah. Making it look good yeah, for the yeah. media. I mean, yeah. you're talking to someone that's seen it all. So, like, yeah. for me, I don't believe it. No. And I was at the club after she left. Um, and I'm not saying that Brendan Rodgers didn't try to do that. Like, I get it. But it's, it comes from above him. Like, yeah. he has an all say. Like, yeah, it looks good for the cameras. And when we were doing presentation, like, we were all together, you know, with the men. And, but... You know, the, this, the gap is still humongous. Yeah. Like, it, it needed to be a lot of things done rather than just, you know, yeah. training with... Starting with a training, proper well, training centre would be, be started, wouldn't it? Yeah, like we used to train sometimes at Melwood now and yeah. again. Um, but a rare I, treat. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, I just see through that. Yeah. But, uh. yeah. That's, yeah. And then from Liverpool then? One next club move? Um, so again, when I was at Liverpool, we still would in that transition of the summer league so mm-hmm. um when we were at liverpool so i actually scored a lot of my goals at liverpool um and the season i chose to go to reading and again i don't regret anything in my career 
but I wish I did something different at that point in my career. Um, so I wish I'd stayed in, in Liverpool from December until the end of the season. Okay. But I chose to go to Reading when my contract finished in January. Um, I was top goal scorer in the league. Um, just scored a hat-trick against Sunderland. Right. Um, and I was not sold a dream, but I was promised things that, and it just didn't work out. Um, so when I was, then when I went to, to Reading, um, and because, again, I can play in all positions, you know, Lil, you might have seen at Wales, I've played like as a full-back, as a wing-back, centre-mid, forward, mm-hmm. winger. Yeah. Um, so at, at Reading, they had like a certain way to play. And don't get me wrong, I'm the first to say I'm not the best technically in terms of like, I'm not a Phil Foden, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. I'm probably more like a Jamie Vardy. You know, relentless, and I know where the goal is. Yeah. Um. So, I just didn't fit within Reading's style at that time. So I they moved me to to left back, um, which is fine. And again, like I always in my career, I've always put the team first, no mm. matter what my ambitions are as a player are individually. Um, and yeah, within that year and a half, probably solidified me as more of a as a fullback, yeah. which I'm fine with and I can read the game. So I mm-hmm. understood why I was there. And that's probably why they made me captain there because they knew I was sacrificing quite a lot for the team. Yeah, I'd put my body on the line all the time. Like the bigger picture was the team for me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'd gone from top goals going the league mm-hmm. to the manager playing it at left back. Yeah, because I think she trusted me. So again, for me, like I always saw that as a positive. Like yeah. as much as I hated it, like I hate playing as a fullback. I'm there to do a job at the end of the day. Like, if that's where my team needs me, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that, that's quite a good point, that, because I bet there's a lot of girls who are now coming through the systems in the academies who probably are getting moved positions, but you play for the team. Yeah, but, yeah. like, for me, it was... I was probably made captain on that basis, but yeah. when I was at Reading, so we had a coach, um, Phil Cousins, his name is, unbelievable coach, one of the best technical one-to-one coaches I've ever worked with, and he made me... Like, we clashed yeah. heads quite a lot on <laughs> disagreement, but he made me a, a so much better player. And that's why when I was older, going to Aston Villa, I was playing in, like, a number 10 or number 8. I've never played there in my life. But I was able to take the ball in, in spaces that others weren't. Yeah. You mentioned Aston Villa then. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Andy's dream team. That is my yeah, my boy <laughs> dream. I see my season ticket older and all that jazz. What was it like playing, representing the Villa? Yeah, like, it was a short spell for me, but yeah. loved it. Like... Um, again, you I going from Reading that you know I, I got on with a lot of the players there. That, you know, the coach made me a far better player than I was. But going to Villa, I saw the what I saw at City that all like them years ago yeah, of yeah. like trying to bring the women's team on par with the men's. Yeah. So it was very like deja vu, but fast forward in so many years. Mm. Um, amazing group of girls. Loved working with Carla and the coaches there. Um, yeah, of the girl like obviously like Rachel Daly and Sarah Malin are one of my are my closest friends. Yeah. Um so I see them quite regular. Um they come down next week actually in the camper van to come <laughs> and see me. Yeah. So um, yeah, but um but yeah, no, I loved it and then um I knew my role was different though. Yeah. Um so I could have stayed at Reading, but they would have wanted me to be a defender, but yeah. I didn't want to stay I didn't want the rest of my career to become full of like I wish I had done something. Yeah, yeah. So I knew I still had a lot to offer higher up the pitch. So I took 
again, you know, trust, I backed myself and I left and I had no line, like no club lined up, like officially. Mm. Villa were interested and then I just, yeah, they, they wanted me. Um, but I, I knew my role was different. So like we talk about characters. I knew I was going to be an experienced player in the change yeah. room. Carla trusted me with within the group. Um, I'm a quite a big character. So yeah, I think yeah. I brought a lot of energy. Um, and yeah, I just demanded a lot from the girls during training. And, you know, if things weren't good enough, I, I'm not shy to say mm-hmm. things aren't good enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously with less weird words right now. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, and like, do you know, it's, it's mad. I always think in football when you're on the high, it's where it comes and gets you at this yeah. worst. Um, but yeah, played against Everton, scored. Five days later, ruptured my hip. So uh, yeah, and that was it. That was my time at, at Villa, really. I spent most of the time in the rehab and gym. Um, but yeah, I was, for the, the days and the games that I played, like I played a few games there um, and scored a goal, thankfully. Um, yeah. yeah, loved it. If, if Tasha Harden is picking Tasha Harden, what position is she putting her in? Forward. Forward. Mm-hmm. All day. Goal scorer. I can play anyway. I played centre half for Redden for 10 did games you? and we kept, we kept nine clean sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Gemma Evans. So, um, like, I, I can read the game and yeah. I think that's where in women's football a lot of players probably need to develop a bit more. Yeah. Like, I'm obsessed with football and I read the game really well and I'm, you know, I'm a student of the game so I want to know everything. It only benefits you be by playing in different positions, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think that's what the girls need to realise. Sometimes if they're playing at the back or they're playing on the wing and they're I don't like playing here, but you will only get a better play and you'll only learn playing in that position. Mm. A better understanding of football. Yeah, like for me, you know, if if people, you know, clubs like Wrexham probably got analysis and GPS, for me they were like things that made me a far better player. Like I I became obsessed with those because yeah. your your performance is measured is in black and white. So um I use analysis to make me better really and GPS made me fitter just touch on Villa because I'm dead interested in Villa <laughs> yeah. so I'm obviously on all the Villa forums and all that all the little pages and that um, Alicia Lehman gets a lot of attention on these forums what was she like as a person as a player or was that was she level headed because I know she I know she was Dougie Louise as well the Villa centre half Everett Villa centre mid It was that was she a, you know, fun to be around or was she yeah, she's just really young. Like people forget, she's she's twenty four years old, twenty five years old. Like she's really young, um, and she has a lot of success off the pitch. Um, so to her, you know, as much as you know, football for most people is their first motivation. For her, is probably like on par with what she does outside the pitch. So, mm. um, you know, I still think she wants to be like a top footballer I think it's a bit of bravado if she doesn't care yeah. like I think she cares and I think she wants to be involved in the national team she wants to be talked about first as a footballer rather yeah, than yeah. a star but yeah I've not got anything bad to say yeah. but yeah she's a great kid like she's just really young yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just it was just interesting to find out because every time I go on the Villa page it's all you know there's not you know, daily banging goals left right and centre but it always seems to be one face coming on for the Villa, Villa forums that was all yeah but yeah. like probably what's the forum full of like 190% of men uh, probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean we can all put two and two together why she would be on there quite a lot yeah 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 but yeah it's what it is right moving on to um the international career then mm-hmm. i know wales is massively important to you yeah so what was it like putting on the welsh jersey you know talk me through it loved it every second of it um you know for me unfortunately i got injured at the time where we were on the cusp of qualifying. Um, I loved every second of it. Loved being a part of the team with the girls. 
the coaches that I've worked under the the staff. Um, I still speak to a couple of staff members now, and but yeah, it, I loved every second of it. And I watched um, a few highlights before we came on. Um, when you got brought off against England, was that your final appearance? When you broke down on the bench, when you what, what um, was it for? Yeah, I thought so. Just because, like, I remember having a meeting with Jane Ludlow, and I think there was a lot of us during that time mm-hmm. that we're never going to feel this again. We're like, we're never going to be this close to qualifying again. Like, yeah. you know, for us, when we didn't get there, it was like a grieving process. Like, you know, we were saying that, you know, it took us a long time to get over that. Do we want to put ourselves through that again? Like, so that was a lot of question marks with that. So. I think when I'd been having chats and conversations with some of the older girls, I think we were all on the same page with, like, that was a tough one. To, that was a tough one to swallow. Like, how, like, why would I want to put myself through that again? Like, physically and emotionally. And it meant that much to you on all the yeah, girls, yeah. Like, every game. Like, you know, when I got my 100th cap against Kazakhstan, I was bawling my eyes out. I couldn't even, first time I've never been able to sing the anthem. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's different playing for Wales. I always think, like, it just doesn't. Being from Wales and playing for such a small country and getting such success like yeah. you did, it's just there's there's just a pride with Wales, isn't it? Yeah, but like think as well, these girls I've grown up with them. Like yeah. We, yeah. you know, I was in the squad from two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Like you know, I remember Sophie Ingle when she was fifteen couldn't play against Germany because she was too young. Uh-huh. Like and now she's captain of her country. Has James was sixteen when she came to her first camp. Haley Ladd was the same. Like, so when did when did you start? Did you go all the way through the age groups right up to no, the top? No, I played um, three games for the under-19s. We were away in Macedonia for 10 days where you do like the 10-day yeah, yeah. under-19s. And then I got a call from the manager and he, just, he said, I want you to come and play. And that was it. Hmm. Yeah, I played against over Switzerland. Later. Played for Yeah, I played against <laughs> Switzerland. That was my first cap. Um, came on again, like the, the the manager, Adrian Tucker, said, like, play with no fear. And I just turned to him and said, I'm not scared. Like, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> what, that's, what, anyway. that's what you're going on. So, And then played against Germany. That was my full debut. They were world champions, Olympic champions, European champions at the time. Um, 23, 24,000 people there. We lost 4-0 and Bozzy will probably tell you this or I don't know um, when you have her on. But yeah, she, I, I remember they all still banter me now and I came off. It was like 80 minutes or something. And I come off and the manager turns to me and goes, milk this moment I remember him saying that to me and I thought alright okay so it's had job and I walked and I start clapping the crowd like this and I, the girls still to this day will talk about <laughs> but yeah I just and that was what the character I was like I was like Lovely. not scared to be myself like at yeah. all um, and yeah so you grew up with these girls like you know seeing like Jess get a hundredth cap Helen Ward get a hundredth cap Sophie Ingle Lauren Dykes has James like you see these people get into milestones along the way with you. So, you know, I saw like so many people get 50 caps as well. And yeah, yeah it's just a, like for me, like Wales was everything. That was the that was the reason I continued to play football was purely for that moment. For Wales. So if you can, keep it clean. Give us one story that no one, that you you know, when you're waving on duty with the girls, give us, give us a story <laughs> that perhaps, that, you know, you haven't okay. shared before. So they, we were all, a couple of the older ones, so um, pre-COVID and all that, before you had like names on the seats, it would be all the older ones together. Um, so we remember chatting now, we were saying, should we do like kangaroo court? Um, so we were like, yeah, 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 so we'll do it. Think of the rules, et cetera, whatever. So every camp then, and Jane Ludlow, like she was an amazing manager for me, but she was very good at creating an environment that, 
you weren't scared to like be yourself, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, but I'm just talking from my experience. Like I, I loved working under her and she allowed us to have this kangaroo court, which the staff were involved as well. Um, and every time, so within training, if someone did something stupid, they'd get put in kangaroo court. Which is what? Which is what, yeah. I... So you could do anything. <laughs> so like you would, I don't know, if you got megged, if you got megged, yeah. you'd be in kangaroo court. So then in the, in the evening, we'd all say, right, girls, kangaroo court starting at eight o'clock. Okay. So then everyone would come in, but sometimes the councillors would come in. So then I'd have to give the rules like no phones, no whatever, counsellors, you either walk out now and yeah. don't listen to anything or if you do we know where it's come from yeah. Yeah. so we'd like put pressure on them yeah. um, and I remember once we had so Nadia Lawrence she, she played with us um, and it was her and Jane Ludlow in Kangaroo Court and if it's Jane we all just said guilty even though she had like an explanation <laughs> she was just guilty anyway so she'd say her case and we'd be like guilty whatever she'd obviously start swearing at us and then so her fine was she had to be dressed up as Dolly Parton and sing a Dolly Parton song. And then Nadia Lawrence's was she had to pretend she was in the salon and Jane Ludlow was the hairdresser. <laughs> so obviously Jane's and hers, we were all like laughing, etc. And then Nadia Lawrence, so we turned all the lights off. One of the girls had put a torch over Nadia's head. Jane's behind her brushing her hair and saying, you know, so how's your day been? So And we were just all in stitches and then Jane got a sharpie from the table and started drawing eyebrows on her, on, on Nadia. So we were just all, and then, yeah, just things like that. So they're the, probably the most PG ones that we've done yeah, that yeah, I could yeah. probably say on it. probably say. Yeah. And again, everyone, all the ex-pros talk about it. They're, they're sort of missing that change. When you do, when you do sort of hang up your boots, do you miss a girl when you're camped? And, you know, how difficult is that for you? I'm going to be controversial and say no. Okay. Like, I miss, I miss the feeling of playing for Wales. Yeah. I miss... You know, I miss the girls, but I don't miss. I think I did it for so long. Yeah. I don't miss it. I think I, I was quite content with what I achieved. And I think you only miss the game if you haven't quite fulfilled what you wanted to do with it. Yeah. Um, but I don't miss it at all. You don't know regrets. And no. you, you, nah. yeah, and you completed football, haven't you? If I, completely, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you, don't, uh, you found the love for coaching now. Um. Oh yeah, I, I like for me. I took experience from doing one-to-one coaching with Redden at that with with Phil Cousins, and I learned so much from him. Um, I basically thought, well, if I enjoyed it, I'm gonna try and take that. And within grassroots football, I think there's a massive lack of contact time on the pitch, yeah. developing technical skills, confidence, mindset, all that. Um, so I thought, do you know what? I'll do it out on the win. So I thought, you know, it can't be that popular. And yeah, since May last year, I've done thousand twelve hundred sessions. And, and that's now under the umbrella of the Tasha Harding Academy. Tasha Harding Academy, Tasha yeah. Harding Academy. And I do like between thirty to forty girls a week. Um, if anyone wants to get involved in and and be coached and have a, a legend of a game, how do they do it? How do they contact you? I don't know about the legend, but if you want to be coached by myself, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Tash Harding Academy um, on Instagram. Um, um, yeah, if you drop us a message, there's things on there and. You know, I'd like to think I've helped develop, a, you know, not only just technical ability in the next generation of, of female players, but, you know, certainly their mindset. And for me, that's what I think was the main thing throughout my career, whether I had injuries or not. I had a very strong mindset and I still have now. Um, so, yeah, 
Yeah, Tash Harden Academy. Get Tash at Hard. us on Instagram, guys. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe to our page as well, never mind, Tasha. <laughs> Both of us. Um, we'll finish off. It's been a mega, don't know, mega chat. And yeah, I really us. enjoyed it. Tash, before we finish, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Yeah. We mentioned before, seven-side team, your best seven-side team, the players you've played with. Um, yeah, over to you. Name them. Um... The I'd list pro- she's named already. I'm, uh, I'm just... I'd probably go. <laughs> so, I'd go goalkeeper because obviously, like I played with Mary Earps from when she was at Bristol to um, Reading, and then obviously now what she's gone on to do. I think she's a massive inspiration to so many people um, and an example to everyone to never settle. Like mm-hmm. believe in your worth. She knew she was good enough. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she'd have to be my number one. Mary Earps. Decent start. Not a bad choice, is it? Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> what formation are you going? Two I don't back? know. Yeah, okay, we've got two at the back. So I'd probably go centre-half, Steph Horton. Yeah. And Hayley Ladd. I think she's very underrated. Hayley Ladd mm. at the back? Yeah. Um, and we've got four left, haven't we? I'm going to go three in midfield. I'd go Jane Ludlow. Yeah. Sophie Engel. And Aralene Weir. Okay. Right. Real Madrid now? <laughs> Striker, I'd go Beth England. Beth England striker. She's, she's flying now yeah. as well, isn't she? Absolutely yeah, it's quality. So yeah, that would be my. I think again, like God, I could probably go with an eleven just from purely no, the players no, that no, I've played fine. with. Um, but <laughs> like, there is amazing players I've played with throughout my career. Like, you know, I would have put you know Jess Fishlock to not even have her in there. But yeah. Jess like, Fishlock's not even in the team. Yeah, but Does again, she made like, bench? <laughs> Does she made a bench. Oh yeah, she made my first sub. Um, <laughs> but it's just in terms of the people that I've played with, like Jane Ludlow for me, like. She was what Wales was yeah. when we were playing. Like, you know, we all looked up to her, um, even though, you know, she was crazy. But yeah. we looked up to her. And yeah. to not have her in a, in a, in a team would be ludicrous, I think, <laughs> as a Welsh person. And what a, uh, what a seven-a-side team to finish. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. Unbelievable. But Tash, honestly, I can't thank you enough for what you've done today, coming down, chatting. And we're off to the pitch now to do, with the Tash Arden Academy yeah. do a couple of sessions, which a bunch of girls are really looking forward to. Uh, massive thank you again the stories you shared there will inspire 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 for future future generations so really appreciate it no thank really. you very much for having me it's, absolutely, it's been an absolute honour thanks very much guys Yeah, I am